0: Oh, you froze again. (laughs) What?
1: What? Your dick? What? What? Huh? I did not freeze. You did Oh, Patty, you froze.
0: Did you hear me? I'm still here. Welcome back to The Watchlist with Patty and Bill. You can catch up on all of our back episodes by going on to thewatchlistpod.com. You can also engage with us there by clicking on contact us or on your social media with the at symbol, the watch list pod. You can also subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your favorite podcasts. And just ask Alexa, Alexa, play the watch list with Patty and Bill podcast. That's right. Thank you. Well, you could not have timed that stuff. bark better. Mm hmm. So. so
1: let's get the first thing out of the way. The Masked Singer. Oh, but it I haven't tonight. watched
0: it. Oh. oh. I'll go yeah. ahead and talk about it. This way I can just kind of catch up.
1: Yeah. Um, so this was group B. The Serpent, okay. the Baby Alien, the it, Crocodile, and Seahorse. Okay. And uh, just to be very quick, the Serpent, um, Twitter thinks, is either... Tay Diggs or Leslie Odom Jr. It's pretty split evenly. Okay. For the serpent. Uh the Whatchamacollet. Um, we've got some votes for Wiz Khalifa, 50 Cent, and Keenan Thompson.
0: Oh, and which one is that one? Which character? That's
1: the one with all the hair.
0: The ah, whatchamacallit. Okay. It's but just the a big,
1: m- giant carpet.
0: But the whatchamacallit said specifically to Ken Jung you should know who I am. Yeah. And they think it's either I mean, Kenan Thompson know, or who? Did, the,
1: the, the The Twitters say Wiz Khalifa, 50 Cent, or Kenan Thompson. I don't know if Ken knows any of them. Yeah. And I don't really care at this point.
0: Exactly. <laughs> okay.
1: The Seahorse did very well tonight. Gorgeous voice. And they're torn between Tori Kelly and Jessica Simpson. Jessica and
0: Simpson?
1: I don't know who Tori Kelly is, so I Googled her and listened to some of her stuff. I'm like, okay, yeah, it could be her. But I do hear Jessica in there, too, so I don't know. Uh, the crocodile is pretty much unanimous Nick Carter, according okay. to Twitter. He's a Backstreet Boy.
0: All right. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Sorry.
1: And the alien, um spoiler alert, is the one who was unveiled today.
0: All right. So everybody's got five, four, three.
1: Well, we already spoiled it. see. <laughs> he was the one unveiled. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. oh well, then fuck it. <laughs> well
0: yeah.
1: Oopsie. Oh. Um, but now you've given a countdown. So the baby alien is Mark Sanchez.
0: Mark Sanchez, the football the football quarterback?
1: Apparently, yes.
0: He used to play for the Philadelphia Eagles, yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was That's him. why
0: I was like, Mark Sanchez, the quarterback?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cool, eh? What?
0: Yeah. What? Hey, there you go. Sports yeah. ball. So, All Matt
1: right. Singer, moving on. Blam, done.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank God. That was painless this week.
1: Yeah, I tried to make it quick. Thank you. 'Cause we got a bunch of other stuff going on. We do, and, and we actually it was, have some news. You know, too. this evening might as well continue. All right. Why
0: don't why don't you start?
1: Okay. So the first movie is an Amazon Prime original. Mm. It is called The Lie.
0: Dum Dum Dum.
1: Yeah. It stars Joey King, Peter Sarsgaard, and Marielle Enos. She was in the killing.
0: <laughs> you said Enos. Okay.
1: I believe that's your name.
0: No, I'm just, I'm just being.
1: <laughs> <this>. <laughs> You're twelve years old, Bill. God,
0: <laughs>
1: um, Joey yeah. King is from the the Hulu show, The Act, where the girl was pretending to be, or the mom was making the girl sick to get, you know.
0: Ah, uh, right.
1: Attention, yeah. And well, Peter Sarsgaard, he's been in stuff. Yes, he is. And so this is kind of a mystery drama. Where the daughter, the dad's driving the daughter to some camp and they pick up a friend of hers and they stop the car because the girl's really got to pee. And they wander off into a wooded area and they're taking a long time. And then we hear a scream and it was an accident. I don't know what happened. And it seems the one girl was, she fell off the bridge. But then the one girl starts saying she was pushed off the bridge. That she pushed her off because she was a bitch. And then the mystery ensues.
0: This is a movie or a series? It's
1: a movie. It's a movie.
0: Oh, thank God. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, there's quite a twist throughout all of this. There's quite a lot of shit going down. And yeah. Damn. Pretty good. Mm -hmm. yeah it was pretty good and i kept saying to bill or to bill i kept telling (laughs) bill bill
0: (laughs) i'm dwight i'm just yeah yeah, i was okay
1: (laughs) i kept telling dwight that you know the truth always wants to come out and it will find its way you can't lie for very long until the truth is like yo i'm right here i learned that from soap operas
0: soap operas that take like 50 million years for a character to learn something.
1: But you know, but you know, we learn really quick that anytime somebody lies, that's, that's the end of it. They're, they're going to get caught. Yeah. And that's, you know, I've, I've learned that don't lie. Cause you're just going to get caught anyway.
0: Don't lie. You'll get fried
1: because the truth wants to be known. Yep. And that's essentially the lie on Amazon prime. Cool. Yeah.
0: So, what I watched was mm-hmm. the brand new movie, Secret Society of Second Born Royals, on Disney+.
1: I have never heard of this.
0: Well, you're about to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, obviously, there there are different monarchies around the world. And usually, royal families have at least two children, the heir and the spare. Mm-hmm. So... The heirs and the spares uh, tend to go to this really highfalutin school and we follow one of them who is the second born royal to uh, a sister who is about to be crowned queen. Well, the, the second born is this rebel rock and roll star. She also wants to bring down the monarchy and have the people decide, you know, rebel, 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 blah, blah, blah.
1: Is this real or fake?
0: Oh, is it real or fake?
1: Yeah, is it is it a true? Is it like um, yeah, is it a reality show or a scripted series fake thing?
0: Oh no, this is this is such this is ninety minutes of fluff and utter Disney uh, scripted uh, series. scripted fiction. You no, know, it's a scripted okay. fiction movie. So it turns out though that all of these second-born royals are also gifted with powers so
1: oh.
0: so even though they don't inherit the monarchies to which they are born their consolation prize is that they all have superpowers and there is a secret society of I them see. that are all that are all trained up and the biggest name in this movie that i recognized was, um, it's coming to me, Skylar Astin. You will know Skylar Astin because he is the love interest of Zoe on Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. He's the one who went to go work upstairs.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. So he's also the narrator Hmm. of this
1: story. And then the wackiness ensues from there. Sean Astin.
0: No, he does. He is not. He has a sister named Brielle and two brothers named Milan and Jace.
1: Oh, my. Okay.
0: Right. So all of these kids are brought together. And I'm not going to say who the leader of the school is, but that person tells them that they are all gifted. Now, all of these kids have each unique gift. So it's kind of like X-Men meets a boarding school. Okay. Which, on the more serious side, was done better in Umbrella Academy. okay, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But this is such light fluff that any 9 or 10-year-old can watch this. No problem.
1: I see. Okay.
0: <laughs> the only issue... I have with this movie and it is a thread on which I tug. It's slightly racist. Oh. And only because I take it through that lens. So one of the things that Disney does very well is that they tend to get a rainbow coalition of people.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Well, the one black kid whose actual talent is ironically the same as the black woman in Umbrella Academy they say stuff and they influence people to do it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: His, his, his talent is actually getting people to do what he wants. But there's also the very prototypical white um, entitled princess who goes to their same frou-frou school. Mm-hmm. So I would call them on, on an even keel of being narcissistic. But yet they straddle the black kid with a dog. And at the end of the movie, you find out that Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist dude tells the guy, well, the dog is immune to your power. Animals, animals are not influenced, only people. So he does it. He follows your lead because he genuinely likes you. Well, why did you do this? To prove to you. That you need to care about something else other than yourself, but he doesn't give the same speech to the white girl who is constantly Instagramming.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And the yeah. white girl is blonde and pretty and all that other sort of stuff.
1: She is. Of course, but she, she is
0: just as narcissistic, if not portrayed more so. Hmm. So I'm like, wait, then she should have been saddled with an even bigger dog because she was much bitchier.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: So why, but you call it out at the end of the movie that he's the narcissistic one. Yeah. And that's just.
1: Did you see a whole lot of signs of him being narcissistic?
0: Not as much as her. Okay. Because the way you introduce her character is she's walking through the halls of their school Instagramming. Like, oh, I'm gonna go to Haiti and I'm gonna help out refugees, and it's you know, and she's only doing that for her followers,
1: oh, yeah, exactly, yeah,
0: you know, and mm-hmm. and she gets called out on it by the the lead in this movie hmm. so, and then she comes to this class when they figure out who they are, and she's still all all about me, But the kid comes in, he's not as narcissistic as he is cocky, okay. And, but, yeah,
1: that's a difference. Yeah.
0: And his cockiness, based on his power, didn't equate to nearly the level of narcissism mm. as the blonde girl.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So why you call him out at the end of the movie and not her? Shame on you, Disney, for doing
1: that. Yeah, what the fuck, Disney?
0: Yeah. Other th- other than that, yep. Yeah, other than that. This movie was really enjoyable to watch. Okay. What was that What was that other movie that we watched on on Disney the sort of spy kidsy one?
1: No, that was on That was on Netflix and it's called The F- Sleepover.
0: Ah, okay. It is very similar to that in the lightness and the fluffiness and all that okay. stuff. And the last thing I will say about this movie It sets itself up perfectly for a sequel.
1: Of course it does. It's Disney,
0: but at the very least, <laughs> they do sort of a twist on the bad guy, the big, bad mm. but, like i said, that that little bit of racism mm. and again, I would take the I would take it through that lens, not just because of the current climate that we're that we're in, but also, mm-hmm. you know, me being a black guy. so I take it through that lens. If you don't see it, great. More power to you. But it's good. So that's Secret Society of Second Born Royals on
1: Disney+. All right. So the next thing I got is from HBO+. Plus. It is called Frequently Asked Questions About Time Travel. And it stars Chris O'Dowd. And Anna Ferris. And it's about okay. three guys who they're friends, they all work at the same theme park. and Chris O'Dowd, uh, he's he runs a ride called Star Ride. And he has gotten very, very into character and he's made his own toy gun, and he's given this speech before the ride starts. and he terrifies the fuck out of all these children who are screaming and he gets fired. Yeah, well, his friends are dressed up in dinosaur costumes, handing out coupons to the restaurant called Dino Burger. So, these actually, that sounds really good right now. So, these dinosaurs are trying to get people to eat them anyway. Hey, that evening, uh, then they go at the evening he's fired, they go to the pub because that's what you do, and they start writing a letter to Hollywood on tips on how to make. All these bad movies, just how to stop making these bad movies. And the one guy's writing it in his brilliant okay. ideas notebook. And then an American girl comes and starts talking to Chris O'Dowd, AKA Ray. And she's just telling him all about this time travel stuff that's going on and how she's some like time cop. And he's like, all right, she's full of it. And she, my friends put her up to this. They've re- She's really learned her thing about the time travel with the sci-fi stuff. Cool. And then he starts telling his friends. And they're like, well, we didn't send her over. But, yeah, she does sound like, you know, someone is pulling your leg. Until the one guy goes to the bathroom and comes back. And he's leaped into time and everybody in the pub is dead.
0: Oh. Okay.
1: Yeah. And then the wackiness ensues because it's totally a comedy, even though, yes, you got a whole bar full of dead people, but you know, he goes back to the bathroom, tries to retrace his steps, comes back out and he's back in present day. And he tells his friends and they're like, Oh my God, you know, first we get this American girl telling me she's some time cop. And now we got this other thing. And yeah, he's like, I'll show you, come with me and I'll show you like, yeah, we're going to follow you to the bathroom. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but they do, and then, yeah,
1: the wackiness ensues with all the time travel and, you know, all
0: Excellent. that stuff.
1: It's really very funny. It's a really funny, funny movie. It's uh, apparently from 2009. It was released in 2009 in the UK. And yeah, in 2010, it had its BBC2 television premiere.
0: I wonder. And now if it's that's... on
1: HBO Plus or HBO Max. Pardon me, HBO Max.
0: I wonder if that's wonder. part of what influenced Hot Tub Time Machine. It sounds similar.
1: It um kind of but they're not going back to like their teenage years at all.
0: Right, right.
1: They're yeah. traveling around in their own, you know, forward in time. Really, they're going from present day to the future is all that they're doing. They're not going back into the past at all. Okay.
0: Cool. And that is on HBO Max.
1: It's on HBO Max. It was a lot of fun. Of course, Dwight found this one. He also found The Lie.
0: Oh, there you go. He's re- He yeah. is making up from the one crap movie that he made you watch last time.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Not everybody can bat a thousand.
1: You know, it's true.
0: So the next thing that I that I actually picked up, which is six years old at this point, or four or six years old, is Shits Creek.
1: Uh-huh. I have I have not watched that.
0: Fucking hilarious show. Hmm. It stars Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara. Yes. Now, for people our age and older, you will recognize them going as far back as SCTV. Oof, and, yeah. and SCTV <laughs> Was the sort of alternative to Saturday Night Live. There were three main shows back in the late seventies, early eighties. There was Saturday Night Live, SCTV, and Fridays.
1: Oh yes, I loved Fridays.
0: I did too. I absolutely loved Fridays, Mm -hmm. and and so you had all of those comedy sketch comedy shows, and SCTV or Second City Television had all of these guys. They had Dave Thomas, Rick Moranis, Catherine O'Hara, Eugene Levy, John Candy, Harold Ramis. They had a whole bunch of people. But what makes Shit's Creek work so well is, the, is that 40 years of working together.
1: Oh, totally, yeah.
0: So you get these two comedy powerhouses, and it would be so interesting to find out how much of that show is actually ad-libbed the, the second or the first season, episode six, where Catherine O'Hara's character is the, mo- oh, the whole premise of the show is that they were uber, uber rich and their financial advisor cleared out all of their money and skipped the country. Ooh. So the very first episode is them running around their mansion as the IRS is seizing their property. They are seizing everything, their personal effects, all of that. All they are really allowed to take are their clothes. Mm. So the only place that they can go, they figure out, is the town of Schitt's Creek, which Eugene Levy bought his son, who is actually played by his actual son, who is also a co-creator and writer on this show. He bought that for his son as a dumb present look, I bought you a town. Hmm. So they figure, you know what? We have to go there. So the only place where they actually can stay is this ratty motel. (laughs) And it is such... And then they meet all the townsfolk, Hmm. which is so far removed. So you take the fish out of water and they're all annoyingly rich, annoyingly snobbish. The daughter is a dumpster fire. <laughs> because she absolutely gets off on the fact that she was kidnapped while she was in Saudi Arabia and held for hostage and she used sex to get out of it. Oh. That is a highlight in her life.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: And the son is narcissistic as well and mm-hmm. well they all are. Yeah. But eventually what's happening mm-hmm. is they realize that they that they are fitting in more and more. But there is one episode where Catherine O'Hara, who plays an aging soap star, is tapped to do a local wine commercial. And Mm -hmm. she is so drunk making that. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And it's so meta because Orson Welles, back in the 70s, did that wine commercial. And they had to film that so many times because he was drunk as shit.
1: Yes. We will sell no the wine before it's before time. Before it's time. I think that's Ernest and Julio Gallo. Julio
0: Gallo, yeah. yeah. But she riffs on that,
1: <laughs> and I
0: laughed out loud. I laughed that's my off. ass off. That's so if awesome. you are looking for something, and literally the episodes are like 24 minutes long. Nice. They are quick in and out. I mean, a couple of episodes are clunkers here and there, but, you know, you're not going to bat a thousand every time. Huh. But if you're looking for something light and fluffy to put on, Shits Creek. Nice. Yeah.
1: The next movie I have, I found, uh, Dwight found this on Netflix as well. It's called Carrie Pilby. It's from 2016, and it stars Belle Powley. She was uh, Claire Conway in The Morning Show, The Girl Who's in Love with the Weatherman. And she stars as Carrie. And Carrie's a 19 year old child prodigy. She lives alone in New York. She attended Harvard, but she grew up in England. So she's got a British accent. Okay. And so she's this genius. Um, And she's going to her therapist, played by Nathan Lane, who's trying to help her just be happier, you know, fit more into society as a 19 year old, you know, Harvard graduate. Um, Mm -hmm. Her dad is played by Gabriel Byrne. Oh, wow. And Jason Ritter is also in it um, as, you know, one of the love interests that floats through her her world during this movie. And, you know, she's got a to-do list of things to just get better with social interaction, be less, you know, awkward, try to have a little more fun and that kind of thing. that's this whole, it's the story of that, of her life. And it's a little bit of a rom-com as well. Um, it's based on a book by the same name. It was a cute movie. It was kind of fluffy light. You know, it was, it was fun to watch. She's really good. I really like her in this. Um, Yeah. I mean, how can you go wrong with Nathan Lane, Gabriel Byrne and Jason Ritter all in the same thing?
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just remember Jason Ritter (laughs) being in the show, the event. Okay. And his character was romantically linked to this utter bitch on the show. (laughs) Like she was, oh my god, her character was insufferable. You know, just one of those whiny characters that you want something to happen to. Yeah, yeah. But he, but he always is trying to save her in that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to mention the fact that he is the son of John Ritter. Right. And you know.
1: Well. Recently he was in the also Netflix superhero kid series called Raising Dion, which if you haven't watched that oh, yet, yeah. that is an amazing fun show.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Anyway. So the thing.
0: the only thing that I have left is the movie that we both watched, the documentary.
1: Okay. Then let me do my exactly. show first and then we can go into that. Exactly. So the it's a reality show on Netflix. Each episode is 20 minutes or less and it's called oh, cool. Deaf U. It's about students at Gallaudet University in Washington D.C. It's a school, it's a college for the deaf. Yeah. And it's just about this group of kids and the well, they're not kids, they're like early 20s and you know, their social lives and because it's such a small, small community, the deaf community in general, not just at that school, but in general, it's such a small community. Everybody's up in everybody else's business, and everybody's, you know, having sex with everybody else, and hoo-wee. And it's just, you know, it's it's a lot of the same, you know, young people reality series, but it just because they're deaf and because it's so quiet because everybody's signing and you got you know the subtitles there's nobody like talking for you it just has a different interesting vibe to it and I really liked it and there was one little piece that just was kind of eye-opening where the girl there's a girl talking about her girlfriend and how you know they really love each other and you're seeing them laying on the grass on the quad and they're they're talking and then they're cuddling. And she's like, you know, when you're deaf, you either talk or you cuddle. You're know, hearing people can cuddle and still have a conversation, but we cuddle. Then we got to break apart to see each other, to talk. And then we can cuddle again. And then we break apart to talk. And I was like, Oh my God. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's interesting. That's
1: interesting. And kind of, huh? Yeah. A little sad at the same time, but Interesting.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I never thought about I had, that. You
1: know, it's just something you don't, that you don't think about because it's just something every everybody you see does. And one girl is she is like huge on social media, on YouTube and Instagram. She does like a fashion kind of a thing. And she's amazingly gorgeous. And there's a group of girls who are you know, because everybody's clickish, they don't like her because they think she's all hoity-toity on her social media, but really she's like totally not like that and they're the hoity-toity ones. Yeah. Or at least they paint them out to be the hoity-toity ones where I'm like you're bullies, so clearly you're the hoity-toity people. Yes. Because, yeah, they're bullying her like <sighs> really bad. And I'm like, what is your fucking problem? But then I'm remembering, you know, they're in college, they're in their early 20s, that's what you do.
0: Well, but you can be in college in your late teens and early twenties and not be a dick.
1: Oh yes, you could totally do that. Yes.
0: Well, anyway, well that sounds oh. cool.
1: There was one other thing that I that just really got me is there's a kid named Daquan, and he's had a pretty shitty life. His his dad I think walked out on him. His mom died when he was really young. His sister raised him. He's kind of so he hasn't. He's grown up pretty, you know pretty poor and hasn't really had a family. Mm. And the one guy, Rodney, I want to say it's Rodney. Yeah, Rod, the one guy, I believe his name is Rod, It's Rodney. Mm. He's got this close knit family. They live in, uh, they live in Brooklyn in this really nice house. His parents, um, both went to some Ivy league, like Harvard or something. They're both Harvard graduates. And uh, Daquan comes to goes to his house um, for you know for dinner uh, one evening, and just seeing how his whole family, his parents, are talking to him, they sitting down to a family meal. I could see on his face like he just wanted to break down and cry because he was just so enamored by the interaction with the family and oh seeing a part of a family. I, I was just like, man, I you know I wish that I. I wish I could help that kid in some way, but you know,
0: I, I know what that's like. like. I
1: got a family right now.
0: Well, but
1: oh, Parents are gone, that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: You know, and, and I totally relate to that kid Mm -hmm. when I was in, when I was in grammar school, or at least they used to do this, you know, the fire chief or a fireman would come to the school and talk about your escape plan from your house. I totally made stuff up. I didn't live in a house. I lived in a one room apartment because that was all we could afford. So I totally get what that, what that kid is thinking.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. And you know, that would, you know, so there's some of those moments that are just really, really like, you know, golden. And, and so, you know, I highly recommend deaf. You definitely watch it. Um, You know, you'll definitely learn more about deaf culture And just the things that they do that we take for granted, like we take for granted, we could go to a restaurant and all just hang out and not have to rearrange the chairs to see each other, to talk. We can hear each other more or less depending on how loud the restaurant is. They have to go and rearrange the furniture to make it deaf friendly so they can see each other to talk.
0: And we, and, and just to springboard off of that, we take so much for granted being sighted as well.
1: Oh, totally. Oh yes.
0: So, I will never forget going to a conference for the American council for the blind. And it was in this massive hotel as, as your usual conferences are. Yeah. But what, what absolutely confounded me was that when you have late breakout sessions or you have late events going on, they didn't have sighted staff available to help guide people through this massive lobby when there was no other activity going on. Hmm. So you're disoriented enough being in a new place. We all are sighted, not sighted, deaf, not deaf, but then you get your bearings and then you kind of know where you're going and all that. Well, you know, sighted people just, oh, that looks familiar, but no, you're trying to find this with your memory, maybe a cane or a dog. And, and, And I just felt so bad because they didn't plan enough to have late volunteers there. Hmm. And so you try to help people and and you you can only do so much. So yeah. 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 People don't take for granted the gifts that you are given.
1: Right. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: All right. All right. Now we're about to get political oh. people. Oh yeah. We are.
1: This is politics in action now.
0: This, this is some politics. And yeah. to be honest, it's going to be some liberal politics. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Even so, though
1: there are Republicans talking in this particular th- film.
0: That's very true. And We will touch on that. But given the light of everything going on politically, mm-hmm. you're about 33 minutes into our podcast. Give us about 10 minutes or so if you want to skip this part. <laughs> yeah, and then come back, and then we're going to end on something light and fluffy and something for the season for exactly. Halloween. All right. Right now, we're going to talk about a documentary film that is available for rent or for purchase, and it's called Unfit. It is a documentary that came out this year, 2020, mm-hmm. about how mentally unstable and unfit Donald Trump is to hold the office of President of the United States. I watch this movie because Patty is is texting me <laughs> after watching this like oh my god you have to watch this. this this scared the fuck out of me. So I'm like okay 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 I'll watch this movie. And she's right. Mhm. If you, I do not understand the cult of Trump, I do not.
1: Uh seriously.
0: I I do not get it. He is a dick. He he is a narcissistic asshole. And what did they call him in the movie? They called him a sociopath.
1: They say he's a malignant narcissist and a sociopath.
0: Yes. But they don't just call him that because of name calling. They actually point to psychiatrists and psychologists who can give you those definitions of those traits. Well,
1: they talk to them who do give the definitions of those traits. Exactly. Yes. Yeah.
0: And therefore, they would diagnose him different people who are recorded at different times saying exactly the same thing.
1: There are five psychologists or psychiatrists, you know, total, who are in this talking about how, you know, he is a malignant narcissist with sociopathy.
0: But. Nobody can do anything about it because of what's the name of the rule?
1: It Well, it's not that the, the Goldwater rule is what everybody keeps talking about, but yeah. this isn't this, you know, the Goldwater rule rule came about for a totally because of Barry Goldwater, but that's a whole other situation and does not apply to what they're doing is what they say in the movie. They say, this isn't this, that doesn't apply to what we're doing right now. And, you know, psychologists and psychiatrists have a duty to inform. So if they are, have a patient who says, I'm going to go kill my girlfriend now, catch you later. They have a duty to call that girlfriend that overrides their you know, uh, confidentiality because they know that she's in harm. They know from this being patient, being their patient that this guy's gonna follow through on what he says he's gonna do, so they have their duty to inform her to keep her safe, and that's what they say they're doing here in the movie. Is, you know, everybody talks about how you know, like you know, these armchair psychologists claiming they could diagnose somebody without having met them, but as they say, people lie.
0: People lie in person. In
1: person, people lie when when you know they're talking to a therapist or a psychologist and they know that this person's going to try and diagnose me for whatever reason, they lie and watching someone where, you know, he is so such a public figure and has been for so long. you they can see everything there from, you know, when he be shit from like the fucking eighties through today and all of his goddamn tweets, this is who he is and they can, they have studied him. So,
0: and yeah. they point to his racist, bigoted, fucking father,
1: mm-hmm.
0: who was a who was a property property owner in New York, and who who would not rent to black people.
1: Oh, he was sued multiple times for that. Yeah,
0: he he was a scumbag. He was. And actually, before the election in 2016, the New York Times actually ran a story on that. So it is well known, well documented, the whole bit. So. So Donald J. Trump gets his racism passed down and then he just adds on his own shit to it. Mm -hmm. It is amazing. And and getting back to your point about there being Republicans who have spoken out. So the Lincoln Project is actually an organization that was started by Republicans because Donald Trump is a whack job. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they believe he is truly unfit to hold the office. And one of them is named Conway, the the leader of the of the Lincoln Project is actually married to Kellyanne yes. Conway.
1: It's George Conway married to Kellyanne Conway,
0: and he is on camera saying he is, at, and everybody on camera.
1: Yeah, everybody's on camera. Everybody's talking to the camera.
0: Says he is unfit to hold the office. And he is a sociopath, which and the definition of which is you have no empathy for anybody. Yeah,
1: you have like zero feelings. You just can't you even zero understand feelings. feelings.
0: So they talk about how dangerous that is
1: mm-hmm.
0: in in what we are going through in this world. And the documentary came out, and I can't remember, Patty. Help me with this. It came out after COVID started. Yes, it came, yeah, it out, came after out after COVID after it started.
1: started. Mm-hmm.
0: But we weren't at the the level where we are now. But they do show rising numbers for cases and deaths in this movie. So I think this movie hit about June.
1: Well, they have a thing from August on here. So it's got to be at least August.
0: Yeah. August 28th, 2020 is when it debuted.
1: Oh, good. Okay.
0: But what got me the most in this movie was when they were explaining and very, very well how he ascended to the presidency.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I think it was Anthony Scaramucci who really laid it out. So, like, he he is on point, like, damn, he really knows. He really, he's got it.
0: And for somebody employed under Donald Trump for 11 days, (laughs) totally. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this dude literally lays it out so that everybody can understand how Donald Trump ascended and could ascend to the presidency. And it has everything to do with not just what's going on in this country, but globalization of economy and how that's actually affecting lower income white people in this country. Mm -hmm. And that helps fuel their anger and their fire. So when you get this numbnut who says, hey, I'm going to treat you right and blah, blah, blah. It's time for the disenfranchised and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. He is on point.
1: And he's not a regular politician either no so they're like hey let's give this guy who who isn't like all the rest a chance
0: so you have in this documentary psychologists and psychiatrists you have republicans and you also have other advisors and former advisors to trump saying this guy is a whack job Mm -hmm. and then you have everything that you absolutely see in the media
1: and the one guy who golfs with him or was his golf coach or something that, yeah relating a person's character to how they play golf was that was like wow i i you know i don't play golf i'm not interested in golf but when he was talking about it and how how there are no referees while you're playing. So nobody's watching what you're doing. And it's all kind of the honor system as you score and to lie and cheat at golf of all things. And then, you know how he's won all these different, you know, trophies of these different tournaments and these tournaments, he's the only one who played or he paid this country club to say, Hey, that guy didn't win because I golfed better today, even though I wasn't at your golf course playing in your tournament. You should make me the winner. And, and so they, they do.
0: So at his clubs, you will see all these trophies saying that Donald J. Trump won all these golf tournaments when in actuality, he never played in them.
1: Yeah, he either didn't play in them or he was the only one in them because it was his golf course. that was brand new and a brand new golf tournament that he just started and nobody else had signed up to play with it play yet
0: so i and we're at about the 10 minute mark so yeah, yeah. if you're jumping back in we're almost done yeah but i will say this as i was talking to a friend of mine today i have always wanted my president to be smarter than me yeah it and i i You know, there are there are Republicans who I probably would have supported to be president in certain times in this country's history, in my voting history. But if I look at a man who is obviously psychotic and who lied on tape
1: repeatedly,
0: repeatedly, and especially about this pandemic and especially how he does not condemn militias and, and racism and all of this hate group stuff on the right. That is when the constitution, which I absolutely still have to believe in says, and he says, and Nicholas Cage repeats this in national treasure. When you get to the point where you don't believe in your government, it is time to overthrow that leader and decide on a new one. Yeah. That is part of the beauty of our Constitution mm-hmm. or the Declaration of the United States. Yeah. And the Declaration of Independence says that, that we get to do that. So the undermining of our democracy now scares me. But I have to believe in the documents that exist and I have to believe that they will always win.
1: The two people that made me the most frightened in this were the two historians Mm. talking about the overthrow of democracy leading into uh, fascism and dictatorships and how easy that was to happen. And that's something that we should all be concerned about because it sure seems like this is what he's trying to do. And it sure seems like the Republican Party, so that they can stay in power, are going to let him do it, not realizing that he's just going to kick them all to the curb when he's Lord Dictator Trump.
0: And they also mention in the movie when you are no longer loyal.
1: Oh, yeah. And we've already seen it. We have seen it. Everybody who's not loyal has been fired. Every cabinet position is an acting whatever so that he could just outright tell them to get get the fuck out without having any kind of resistance there if they were the full on whatever it is.
0: And he is on his third or fourth press secretary now. (laughs) I mean, there's now McEnany. There was Sean Spicer. Sean Spicer was the first poor bastard.
1: So it was Sean Spicer, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and then for a little while, apparently Stephanie Grisham was his press secretary. But she never held any
0: she never held any, any conferences. conferences.
1: And now you yeah. got Kaylee McEnany.
0: That's four different press secretaries in four years. I recommend this movie based on history. Yeah, it is very interesting to learn about history about dictatorships, how actually the Trump presidency is modeled after dictatorships, but about what Scaramucci says about the psychology of why he is in power.
1: Of his followers. Yeah. And how we everything else, Mm -hmm. how
0: we got to this point. Everything else, if you are a watcher of the news even infrequently, you've kind of seen before. Mm But if you are truly, truly interested in a, in a much more uh, factual, mind you, factual, not fake, fact, look at the psychology of the man who currently holds that office. Watch unfit. It is worth the rental.
1: Yeah. Oh, definitely. Because it's only six bucks. I mean, that's totally worth the six bucks, man. Totally worth it.
0: And the last thing that I will say, if you have not already vote, oh, if you have not vote, already vote, vote, make plans to vote. There are so many things going on in this country now. It makes me ashamed that people act, act this way. When you have Republicans actually slapping a a, 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 a a piece of paper on a box and saying official ballot box oh, and man. you're tricking old people and you're tricking people into dropping their ballot into those boxes. You are trying to rig the election.
1: You know you are. And how desperate are you? Like, wh- like, do you really think you're going to be voted out? Is that why you're doing this desperate shit? And in, then there's states where the only place for early voting or the only polling place, there's only one in the whole county. You that know is what? Texas. If they said there's only one place in every county you could buy your guns and ammunition, there would be a riot
0: there would be a riot you're exactly right about that
1: but everybody's like eh whatevs with the voting
0: and some people have to travel upwards well, of Do you know how big- 40 minutes an hour God damn, to is to, enormous. to get to the drop box yeah to drop off your ballot
1: it's not like fucking cook county jesus
0: but when you have people, uh, and this is after the president said, "Oh, the election's going to be rigged, and it's the only way that Democrats can win," it is funny how your fucking supporters are doing exactly the same thing. Yeah, they are doing exactly what you are blaming Democrats. Are there, doing.
1: The entire party has done nothing but rig elections since you know 2016 and before. You know, gerrymandering. Yeah. They've gerrymandered the shit out of every fucking swing state.
0: So it makes me feel better when people are willing to wait eight hours, 10 hours in line to vote. Yeah. This election, and there have been many important elections in the history of this country. This is the most important one of our lifetime.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It truly is for the soul of this country. I don't care what side you're on. Just be on the side of fact of science and what's right And exercise your goddamn right to vote because people died for you to have
1: that. Yeah. All right. All right. Now, moving on.
0: All right. Now, if you're done fast forwarding, okay, now we're going to talk about light and fluffy
1: stuff. Yeah. Now, horror movies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tis the season. Indeed.
1: All All right. One of my favorite ones, because it's so fucking creepy as shit. Session 9. It's from 2001. It's more of a psychological horror story. And it stars Paul Guilfoyle and David Caruso, both of CSI. Oh. Yeah. And, well, Paul Guilfoyle is not, like, a big part in it, but he's in it. And I was like, oh, there's another CSI guy. And, you know, at the time I watched it, I didn't know this because it was 2001. And then Peter Mullen from Ozark is also in it. Okay. But essentially, it's uh, this guy, Peter Mullen's character, Gordon Fleming. He owns an asbestos abatement company in Massachusetts. And he makes a bid to remove the asbestos from an abandoned psychiatric hospital that they're going to remodel to be uh, like a town hall whatever kind of place. And, you know, it's a psychiatric hospital.
0: As it is. As
1: it is. And Gordon starts hearing this disembodied voice. And then one guy starts listening to these tapes of this patient, Mary Hobbs. There's like nine sessions of Mary Hobbs's therapy sessions. And she had dissociative identity disorder also known as multiple personalities. So you hear the different personalities, and then finally one of them, you know, starts talking, and and then shit goes crazy. It go cray cray. <laughs> <laughs> and it's creepy as fuck, man. It is creepy as fuck.
0: And where is this movie now? Or do you rent it, or do you I buy found,
1: it? It's on Netflix. I found it on Netflix. Oh,
0: right. Okay. Yeah. Cool.
1: Yeah, It's really good. You should watch it. It's called Session 9. And yes, it's from 2001. So it does feel a little bit dated, but it doesn't make it any less creepy. Because really, everything in a mental hospital is fucking creepy.
0: Yeah, you never do good when you know your horror movie is set in a mental institution.
1: That's correct.
0: Never. Never. So I've got two movies. Okay. And they're not necessarily scary, but they are definitely of the season. And I thought of these movies because, the one, they're both from the same year. Mm-hmm. They're both from 1994. And I've been feeling a little bit of 90s nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Usually I qualify myself as an 80s kid, but I... I uh, I realize if I listen to 90s on 9 on Sirius XM, I know a hell of a lot of music there, too. And I remember that. You were in your 20s. I was in my 20s. So the first one is The Crow. The Brandon Lee movie, The Crow. Mm -hmm. And it was based on a graphic novel at the time. And Brandon Lee was the son of Bruce Lee. Both of them died very young. And as a matter of fact, Brandon Lee died on the set of The Crow. Yeah. And tragically, I remember exactly where I was when I heard the news that Brandon Lee was shot. And then about an hour or two later, I heard that he had died. Mm. And it was because at the time everybody was working really long hours. They were just trying to get a movie done. The special effects team didn't check a gun that was actually used and instead of putting blanks in the gun there was still a dummy bullet in there and when they switched it to blanks it actually uses gunpowder so the gunpowder propelled the bullet into brandon lee and he died and this was the movie that was poised to make brandon lee a star Uh But it's a movie about Eric Draven, who is a who is one of the alternative rock stars in this alternate universe town. And the reason I mention it is because not only does he come back from the dead to avenge his death and the death of his girlfriend, but it also takes place on Devil's Night, October 30th. The The movie is just um, it's just moody and very good and sad because of Brandon Lee. Yeah. But I take it to be his legacy was this movie in part. And it it I just dig it. The second movie that I have is the Academy Award-winning movie Ed Wood. Oh. Oh. And it's from '94 and it stars Johnny Depp as Ed Wood, the famous filmmaker who made Plan Nine from Outer Space. Oh. And Martin Landau, who actually plays Bella Lugosi in this movie won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for this film.
1: Huh, okay.
0: And it, and it takes a look at, in a, in a very humorous but dramatically funny kind of way, how Ed Wood totally believed in the magic of movies, just totally did. But he was a shit director, and he surrounded himself with shit actors, and he just believed in his dreams so much that it was, it was perfect for him. And we regard Plan Nine from Outer Space as singularly the worst movie ever made. <laughs> but how he would actually love the fact that people still watch that movie.
1: Oh, I'm sure he would.
0: And it and the entire movie is in black and white, by the
1: way. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ed Wood is. And
0: I love Ed Wood okay. is. And Martin Landau's in it, Bill Murray is in it. Wow. Sarah Jessica Parker is in it. Oh, Patricia wow. Arquette and Johnny Depp.
1: Wow, there's a lot of big names in that one.
0: There, it's it's a huge name movie. It's very good. It is very sweet. And if you are a Johnny Depp fan, even casually, before he went off the deep end and became weird,
1: Ooh.
0: Ed Wood, Laura doesn't like it, hmm. but I do.
1: I've never seen it. I might watch it.
0: It's 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 very good. It's very good. All right. So, thanks to David A. David, Disney has reshifted its focus and is no longer focusing on theatrical releases. They are actually now restructuring to put most of their concentration on, guess what? Streaming.
1: Really? That's interesting. And how do the awards people feel about this
0: it ain't about awards it's about money
1: so disney doesn't give a shit if they get oscars or anything nope well all right then
0: it is and i'm looking this up right now the company's stock increased by 5.4 percent after this news broke oh consumers are going to lead us in the way that they make their transactional decisions right now they're voting with their pocketbooks and they're voting very heavily towards disney plus what we want to do is make sure we are going to go that way consumers want us to go yep they already have 60 million plus subscribers is that
1: world Wide.
0: That's worldwide. Fuck. That's massive. How
1: many like compared to like Netflix or Amazon? I don't know. This
0: story oh, okay. this story didn't actually say.
1: Well, pish posh. Okay.
0: But pish, but again, going into the future, none of us expected this future to happen now. COVID absolutely accelerated all of
1: this. Oh, absolutely.
0: But I was seeing online that only roughly 20% of people feel comfortable going to a movie theater right now. I don't blame them. And neither do I.
1: I'm right there with them.
0: You know, and and as am I. So you're not going to catch me back in a movie theater. No. You almost had me with The Empire Strikes Back, but no. No. I resist you. No. No. But (laughs) when you have things like The Mandalorian season two coming on October 30th, when you have Disney's new Pixar movie, Soul, bypassing movies completely and being released in December on Disney Plus without an extra charge. Really? you have, really, piece of news number two, their new movie, Soul, as long as you are a Disney Plus subscriber, the second it releases, you can watch it awesome yeah they realize that the money is coming from subscriptions and any money that they make will always just go into their pocket
1: really subscriptions not like the mulan pay a shitload to get to see it thing.
0: i don't uh, you know i read conflicting things about that okay. that it did really well that it didn't do so well hmm. i think it did okay okay but what really is driving this too is tenet Tenet made all of its 200, 300 million dollars, or at least most of it, overseas, where apparently, pandemic be damned. Here, it's only made 20 or 30 million dollars, which is a huge bust, which means that movie is in the red. Yeah. Hmm. Given how much that movie costs to make.
1: And that's interesting that overseas, they were more likely to go to the movies than than here.
0: I don't even know. Yeah. I I don't even know what's going on. But you ain't catching me anywhere near a movie
1: theater. Yep, definitely not. Not doing it.
0: When you have movies like Tenet that are big tent poles and the filmmaker absolutely wants you to go to a movie theater and won't even consider, sub, you know, a subscription thing, then fuck you.
1: Ah, fair, I'm not going to go watch it. Sucks to I'll be you. I'll just wait buddy.
0: 3 months. Yeah. Sucks to be you. I'll wait 3 months. It'll be on HBO Max.
1: Yeah, your movie isn't that important to my life.
0: All right, two more pieces of news. Dexter will return for a 10-episode limited series on Showtime. I
1: heard this.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm. The original showrunner and Michael C. Hall are back. And, you know, it's eight years after the show went off the air. So Mm. we will see the further adventures of Dexter.
1: Yeah, I only watched a little bit of that. I didn't get very far with it.
0: The first few seasons are great. It kind of it, it kind of falls apart in mm. the especially the last season. Although I like I like the series even as it ended, but it's one of those hotly contested endings.
1: Oh, okay, it's one of the that yeah people I think I really hearing about that
0: now. That really don't you know people really don't like. Mm-hmm. So watch at least the very few first few seasons of Dexter. It's so good. It's addictive as shit. All right. It really is. The last piece of news: they, meaning the MCU, are crossing over and having all three actors who played Spider-Man be in a Spider Verse
1: movie. Ooh.
0: Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and um, damn it. Young kid's name, the best one out of all of them, Tom Holland. This is going to be dope.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be huge.
0: Because, and people started speculating on all of this when they signed um, Jamie Fox to come back as Electro. They were like, "Okay, a little weird, but all right." Okay. But they are. All signs are pointing to the fact that Spider-Man Three or as it's currently called, it'll be, you know, Spider-Man something else will be a Spider-Verse movie where all three Spider-Men are in it. Mm. So that's going to be awesome. Big, big news happening. Cool. Cool. All right. All right. Now that's all I've got.
1: That's all I got too.
0: Okay, cool. Well, everybody, thank you very much for listening you know what if we lose people over what we talked about you know earlier with the movie unfit oh well thanks for playing anyway (laughs) but also thank you for listening to us we respect all views on this show but we also don't like stupidity (laughs) make sure you log on to the watchlistpod.com click on that contact us button let us know what you're up to what spooky movies are you watching I want to know that because suggest something for me. I'll go find yeah. it. Yeah. So log on to theWatchlistpod.com, catch up on all of our back episodes. Engage us on our social media at Symbol, the Watchlist Pod, and make sure you subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget that little uh, Amazon Alexa-enabled device either. Just ask it to play the Watchlist with Patty and Bill podcast.
1: And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.
0: Oh, yes. Pretty please with sugar on top. That would be awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. All right. Nice. Everybody, take care. Fill out those ballots. Do it properly. Vote. Do, do your thing. And we will catch you next time. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.